1: Hello and welcome back to the Hotcast. In a week where our very own Emmy Martinez was officially crowned the best goalkeeper in the world, he and all other Villa fans will swiftly manoeuvre their attention back to B6 and the Premier League as Aston Villa host Crystal Palace in their bid to enter the top half for the first time this season. For this one, I am joined by John from the Eagles Beak. How are you, John?
2: Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Looking forward to the game and looking forward to this chat about it.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a really interesting game. Villa sat in eleventh, Palace just one place behind in twelfth, four points behind. Um, Palace currently on an eight-match winless run. How how has it been during that run?
2: So there's one way of putting it. Uh, another way of putting it's unbeaten in four, I think, or, or or six out of the last seven. Um I think Vieira made a big decision to change how we were playing. To basically become much more solid and it's worked in that we haven't given away many goals. I think in that run, we've only conceded two goals twice, Um but it's at the come of the expense of the attack, obviously, and we haven't been scoring that many goals either. So we've had a lot of draws in that run.
1: Yeah. I mean, I completely understand. It looks as though you are struggling for goals with Mateta and Eduard. It seems as though from a neutral point of view that Vieira can't really decide on who he wants as his out and out number nine. Um, Looking into Palace, obviously it will be a lot of Villa fans listening to this podcast. What can we expect from the game this weekend from Palace's point of view? Uh,
2: quite Possibly quite a dour, uh, solid approach from Palace. I think we've. you're right about uh, Mateta-Edouard. I couldn't tell you which would start. I think most of the fans would prefer Edouard, but the stats are pretty even, actually, and goals, etc. We've really missed our heart. Actually, we missed him more. He's been out for a few weeks now. An injury. We missed him much more this season than last season when he went to the African AFCON, um, which is a surprise because we've got similar players who are all a bit more experienced, but he's been so effective for us in, in the first half of the season, and we've really missed him. In terms of other things you might expect, I think our midfield has really increased its um solidity. We've got a very good holding midfielder. Uh, we've got we've brought in an after player on the Conga, who's looked good actually. So uh, I think that will be a good old fight. I'm not sure if it will McGinn or Ramsey or whoever for you. I think that will be a big battle in midfield. Um, We've got quite a good solid defence. Our fullbacks don't attack too much, uh, but I don't think we'll give away loads of chances. I think it will be the odd goal will win it basically.
1: You mentioned Zaha and what a vital figure of this Palace side and I've seen some rumours online that he could be back in contention uh, for a place this weekend. Do you think if he is fit then he comes straight back into the starting lineup?
2: I think if there's any chance that he can and it won't like lead to a longer term layoff then yes 100% he's so critical for us both kind of Actually, with him, with the ball at his feet and what he does for the rest of the team, what he does to your defence or opposition and defences, EA is critical.
1: Now, with just a few months left of the season, let's take away your, your winless run, as I described it, and let's look at the season as a whole. How would you describe how it's gone?
2: So it's a funny one because it is a lot about how you frame it. We're in 12th, very, very similar to how we were at this time last season. Similar in points, similar in kind of even individual results. But there is a much less positive feeling around the club. I think that's in part because of the feeling we're not scoring many goals, we don't look very good in attack. It's in part because, unlike last season, we haven't had a cup run. That really raised the spirits. But overall, we are partway through a major transition from the sort of Royal Hodgson era, spending no money, have very experienced players, kind of have very limited playing style, to more what Vieira wants us to be which is much more front-footed much more attacking but we're not finished that transition we still need to bring in a few more players we still need to adjust particularly how some positions play like fullbacks I mentioned and so I think most fans are still very positive about Vieira there's some questions about how much he will get back in the in the next transfer window we didn't do much we never do much in January um and we're hopeful for the future, but it has been a bit of a slog, to be honest.
1: I mean, yeah, it's understandable. You ask any Villa fan and transition phases never are a quick fix. They always take many, many years. Um, if you had to look forward to the rest of the season, what would be your hopes as a Palace fan? I
2: think the main hope is, look, we're, there is a little bit of a risk of relegation, but it's not, I don't feel it's significant. and um, There are worse teams, basically, in worse positions. And... Um, So I think it's a lot about like approach and feeling that we are playing aggressively on the front foot, creating chances. Um, And I think most Palace fans would be really happy with that. And playing that way, you will win some and you will lose some. But I think that sort of um, being energised by how we're playing on the field will make a big difference to how. And that's what I would like to see. Whether that means we finish in like 14th compared to 12th or even 10th, you know, I'd actually rather the approach.
1: You mentioned your transition and obviously it's very, very early to be looking towards the summer transfer market, but I I feel as though a bit similar to Villa where Palace are in that stage where you can almost afford to look at what you might hope for in the summer due to, Obviously, there being no threat of relegation, you currently sitting in mid-tables. So, have you thought about what positions you feel could regalvanize Palace for next year? Are there any names in particular that you'd be hoping for in summer?
2: Yeah, so in terms of positions, I think there's a few. We would like a striker who would score, you know, 15, at least 10, if not 15 goals a season. And maybe there's, there's obviously a question mark about Zaha, if he's going to sort of stay on, sign another contract or not. Obviously, if he goes, that's a big miss for us on and off the pitch in terms of the leadership, but also in terms of goals. And so we really would need to replace that, um, whether that's to a striker or, or, or know, other players across the pitch scoring more. For me, fullbacks, the way Vieira wants to play, he needs you know, at least an outlet through the fullback. We've sort of had a bit of a hodgepodge of right backs. We've got Joel Ward, who's been with us for 10 years, brilliant servant to the club but is very defensive, doesn't offer loads going forward. We've had Klein, who was a former player, we brought him back. He's been good, but again, not like that dynamic. And we've had a few players we've tried, like Ferguson, who basically been injured the whole time. So a right back who can really offer something going forward. The lad in Turkey, um, a lot of people have been talking about Bowie, uh, who, yeah, is very dynamic. I'd be interested in asking Spurs about um, Spence, just to see. You know, they've let him go alone. He hasn't really played. So, as as others, we've got, a, in terms of bringing in players, we've had a good record of signing young, promising championship players. Um, Eze, of course, Elise last year. So, that's been a good route for us. And then the France route, because Vieira has got a bit of a pull to that, to people of that background and people who played in that league. Um, and Decore came in last summer in as a holding the field has been brilliant. So, I think they're the two likely places we might look, and they're the positions we really need. We probably do need a midfielder as well, depending on if Le Conga, who we've got on loan now, you know, if there's an opportunity to sign him permanently or not. Hold
0: up. What was that?
1: Is it a genuine concern that Zaha leaves? Because the the rumour almost crops up every summer, doesn't it? It's a a bit similar to when Villa were in possession of Jack Grealish. You know, the Sky were trying to prize him away to the big clubs. And as a fan, it's almost like head over heart. It's like, yes, there is a possibility. You know, we have a talent here where big clubs will be wanting him. But is is there any truth in that?
2: I think the difference this time is a contract situation. Like, he can go. um, And... So it's much more, I think Paris, Paris has been our chairman is, is like, he plays hardball, right? And he will, like Spurs were in for him. I think Arsenal were probably in for him. Um, but he was like, well, yeah, you know, if you're going to sign Pepe for 74 million, you're going to give me 90 uh, or something like that for Zaha. Whereas now, it's you know, Paris doesn't have that control uh, for this summer. So I think it's a lot down to Wilf. Like he, I feel he is an elite player. He He like, deserves in a way to play for a top four club whether here or in Europe I think most Palace fans would much prefer in Europe Um, but he is also a hometown boy he literally grew up around the corner he did have an experience of going to Man United that didn't really work out albeit he was very young so I think it's probably something that he's thinking about I, I would be surprised if he's already made up his mind and I don't think anyone else will know apart from him
1: you mentioned slightly earlier about Palace struggling to score goals, whereas Villa at home, at Villa Park at least, have struggled to keep them out. We've conceded eight in our last two games at home. We're still trying to improve our home form since Unai Emery's come in. What have you made of him as a as a neutral since he's arrived?
2: I mean, I think he had a really big instant impression, didn't he? A really big sort of uptake in both uh, results, but also style and stylistically, and things like um, you know making the players feel, I don't know, giving them a fresh start almost, that's a bit of a cliche, but you saw players like Mings um, uh, and Emi Buendia, like not so much yet, but maybe Coutinho even in the last game I noticed, feel like I think they've almost been put in a corner, like you couldn't play Buendia and Coutinho together. Mings, there was all that saga about him being dropped or whatever and very in a very public way. So I think that, that looks like good management to me from, from afar. Um, he's got a very good sort of tactical history, hasn't he, in Spain? Um, so I think he's a good manager. Um, I, I think I don't really have a good sense of, you know, fit with Villa and all the rest of it, but I think he's a he's a top-level manager and you're very lucky to get a top-level manager. Any club is, I think, a particularly mid-season. So... And um, it looks promising for where I'm sitting. Obviously, I hope we smash you and score another eight goals uh, at the weekend. That would about double our record for the season, I
1: think. <laughs> I don't think you'll be too popular after that comment. <laughs> um, one thing that Emery has managed to do is he's managed to re-galvanise Oli Wat- Watkins and almost get him on a bit of a hot streak. He's looking for his sixth goal in as many games this weekend. How do you think Palace could stop him?
2: Yeah, Watkins, is, yeah, you're right to... Bring that up, and, and, and I also just wonder, like, there's a bit of a cliche again about you know having competition for places, and that brings out the best in people. But maybe with Watkins, it's a bit the opposite, and he needs to feel like he's the man. And um, Ings leaving maybe has given him that that feeling as well. Um, I think, yeah, he's he's a he's definitely a threat, and his movement is really good. Um, those that in particular. I think the way that we would, I think, hope to stop him is partly because we play such a flat back four that those pockets of space between the centre-back and the full-back that I think he really thrives in, I hope uh, will be actually less less available to him. Um, and so that might sort of alter his natural sort of running lanes and make him play a little bit in front of the back four. That's the hope I suspect to try and yeah stop that threat.
1: Now, a slightly different question for you. You mentioned that you haven't seen as much of Villa. Obviously, you watch all Palace and you're almost an expert when it comes to Palace. So if you were Unai Emery and you had to take your Palace hat off and you were stood in the touchline in the dugout for Villa this weekend, knowing what you know about Palace, how would you go about beating them? What would would your instructions be to the Villa players? That's a good
2: question. Um, I think, look, I'll... There's a few things not to do. One thing is don't give away free kicks. Um, it not, And I don't just mean for shooting, but also for crossing. Elise Hayes' uh, delivery is really good. Um, and it is one of the ways we have threats. I think we're like second or third in the league for set-piece goals. So just don't give away City. You're better off letting us have the ball than giving away the free kick um, in, in many cases. Um, so that'd be one thing. The second thing, I think, um, like with our midfield... Like, try and make our midfield play sort of deeper, and that is something that we do when we're not playing as well, uh, and that like puts pressure more on us instead of on you. And the last thing just is um, uh, try and make when we have the ball in defense try and get it weirdly to compare to how other teams play. You're better off when our full backs have the ball compared to our center backs. Anderson has got excellent sort of range, passing range, long and short term, and um. He really can like pick a, a crossfield ball from centre back that will put you under pressure. So you're better off trying to press up, and I think Watkins is probably quite good at this, and then allowing the fullbacks to have the ball because our attack is much weaker through that channel.
1: Well, we're coming down to the business end now, and I think that was a great answer, um, Una Emery. If you're listening, there you go. That that's how to do it this weekend. Uh, we're coming down to my favourite part of the podcast now, with two questions remaining. And the first one, I love putting people on the spot with this. Is your score prediction for this weekend?
2: Yeah, I mean, my the optimist in me would love a two-one victory. Uh, I think more likely is probably a one-one draw, another one in our long uh, screen.
1: I mean, that's quite funny because I also have this weekend down as a 1-1 draw. So as as well, I'd love I'd love a 2-1 on our side. So um, last question. And if you cast your mind back to last episode, I had Man City fan Amos Murphy on. And we always like to end the podcast with a non-football related question, which gets passed down from the people that were on the podcast. And the question that he had and he wanted you to actually settle a debate that he has with his girlfriend where he wanted to know if when you say I'll have a brew, does that mean specifically tea or could that be tea or coffee? As his girlfriend assumes that a brew just means tea, whereas he he sometimes refers to it as a coffee.
2: No, his girlfriend is 100% right. I don't know what this guy's talking about. That's not even a debate. It's not even a question.
1: Oh, Amos, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> I think you've just gone and broken his heart. He, he felt very strongly about this as well. So you might have a message coming through from him. Um, I don't think he'll be your biggest fan. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not either. I don't drink either. So I wasn't best positioned to comment. But if I could have a non-football related question from you to be passed down to next week's episode.
2: Yeah. Uh, OK, good one. Um, I think classic is uh, if you're an animal, what animal would it be?
1: Oh, great question. I love that. I'll write that down so I don't forget it brilliant well a massive thank you John for joining me today uh, really whets the appetite for the game this weekend if you want to check out John's work go over to at the Eagles beak on Twitter where you can hear more of his voice and more of Palace's thoughts and opinions uh, a massive thank you to everyone for joining me for this episode if you're new here make sure to follow us on Twitter at 7500 to halt and myself at Sebastian Bacon eight and thank you for listening up the villa